Welcome, everybody, to Moscow Mules and Knopslides. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. I'm the other host, David. And uh, we have two guests of the week. Uh, they work with each other and uh, have some cool tools we'll talk about along the way. But uh, Jordan and Peter, how are you? Great. Doing good. Well, not really, but I can't really tell you that far. I, I had a rough day. Someone took the hardware to his desk. <sighs> all disassembled. My office is all in pieces. His dog ate it. It might have actually happened. You should probably take your dog to the hospital. <laughs> but uh, can't get worse. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But if you're listening to the first time, what Moscow Mules and Knopf Slides is, is this we have conversations with cybersecurity and technical professionals in the field, information security professionals in the field, and we just do that over some drinks. Um, and uh, you know, have a good time and talk about them and what they're working on. It's no longer about David and I. I mean, we get our little pieces in there along the way, but uh, but as we like to kick it off, and I'll let you two duel it out. Who wants to go first? But uh, who's sipping on what this fine fine? If it's evening? alcohol. Peter Peter's got to go first. He has the good taste. So let's let oh, people okay. hear his his options first. Uh, so I'm drinking uh, Sazerac, uh, which is. Uh, it, so it's like a rye and brandy and uh, absinthe and it's got some uh, Angostura bitters and some Peychaud's bitters and a twist of lime. I was waiting for you to keep going like and vodka and rum. <laughs> it's it's a little uh, it's a little excessive on the ingredients. So you, did, so you so. mixed that that didn't just come out of its own bottle by itself. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I've I've got people online can't see, but you know I've got the the setup yeah, right we'll there. Set it back there. Because we yeah. talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago that was they knew somebody that sold uh, like liquor like mixed pre mixed liquors to go, and so you could just order you know whatever you wanted and it just ships cosmo, to your house right yeah yeah cosmo you can order a cosmo and then it's just break pre-mix and you just dump it COVID, i bet they're taking off that's probably good business it should be the stuff looks really good too yeah that was uh mason dixon distillery yeah, mason over dixon. there in, Get- in gettysburg pa Get- gettysburg so, so any, any, yeah, quarter, I, any I, sort of good ride like what what's uh What's your favorite uh, for that mix? Uh, so I, I've really been enjoying the uh, Templeton rye. Oh, it's yeah. really good. Uh, this is the Woodford uh, rye, which good stuff too. Um, I've, I've been uh, doing a lot of old fashions. Um, and I was like looking for something a little different. I'm like, oh, man. So if you like uh, anise or black licorice, it's uh, – a really good drink so with your with your old fashions even though you're not drinking that do you like and this is what i heard when i used to be big and well i still like bourbon but now i do a lot more beer but do you go for the higher proof bourbon that you make your old fashions with i i do whatever i have on on hand Fair really. enough. i love Fair um enough. uh buffalo trace that's uh one of my yeah. favorite standby i've, I've been to that distillery it's pretty oh, cool nice. yeah it's a pretty cool place where's that at I've, yeah, I don't know, Kentucky somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Where where all the bourbon? Dude, comes you could have told me right? like West Virginia, and I would have believed you because I don't know. I mean, either. you go to you get to Cincinnati, you go south, and like on it's on the, it's sort of on the way to Louisville. When we were going down to Derby Con last year, my buddy and I like made like a thirty minute detour to hit it, and we're like, uh, it was pretty cool. That's where I also learned that they make they have they own the recipe to Pappy Van Winkle, but they also have 
if you see E.L. Weller, it's the same recipe as Pappy Van Winkle. It's just distilled in which different floor of the building. And so if you see E.L. Weller on the shelves of the uh, liquor store, just grab that because you can never get Pappy anyways because it's like, you know, age 15 years is the youngest type, I think. So uh, I was kind of cool that, forgot. And, is, and the Blantons, they have Blantons too. And I saw that that's actually done by a human assembly line. Seven people make all the Blantons bottles as they come out. It's pretty cool too. What's so special about a Blantons bottle uh, that goes in the top of them? Uh, a horse? Yeah, a little, like a little, a little mini little, horse. Like a little bronze horse, like goes into the top of the like. It's not like Goldschlager. It's on the on the. You just yeah. It's how you know you killed the bottle. Someone's got to drink the horse. <laughs> yep. That's. It that sounds like one of those like ancient Asian herbal liquors where it's like yeah, it's it's six snake penis wine. Just you know, make sure you <laughs> drink it all. This one made we made that one out of tiger blood. Yeah. Hey, so speaking of Asian uh, liquors, uh, I'm uh, drinking a Japanese whiskey. See, there you uh, go. So I don't have great taste in alcohol. Like for the longest time, like Fireball was my go-to. It's, I, I am growing up, I hit like 35, and I'm like, maybe I should learn to enjoy it. And I, just, I generally don't drink a ton either. Um, and on a trip to Japan, I tried uh, Ichiru World Malt and Grain. And for whatever reason, like it just like hit me, and I like was like, oh, I like whiskey now. And so, from then on, like I, I generally will will enjoy uh, a good Japanese whiskey. That the local place is out of of the Ichiru, so I've got a, a Kayo, which is a new one, um, Mizunara Oak, which apparently is like a good oak from Japan for uh, for aging whiskey. Uh, but do you have to like take that bottle back to where you are from Japan or can you get it? I'm assuming you're not in Japan. We didn't cover this yet. So this is, this is true. No, I am. Peter and I are both. Yeah. We're both in Florida, which is about (laughs) as far away as you can get (laughs) from Japan. Um, so, so I did actually bring back a couple bottles when I was there because I was okay. like the the Ichiru was like thirty five bucks a bottle, it was like thirty thirty five bucks, super oh cheap, gosh. and like cheap. anywhere awesome. over here it's it's a hundred bucks minimum. Oh yeah, um, if you can even find it. And uh, so I wish I would have brought back more. In hindsight, I didn't even realize uh, what it was going to be. But um, well, traveling uh, so like, is so easy right now. You can probably just go back and get some more. Yeah, and at the price of airfare, maybe it's like even a good deal if I get it. It might be. You probably get it cheaper <laughs> than, a, than a distributor could get it to you. Sell them to the local place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So is that one of the Japanese whiskeys that's actually scotch, though? No. It's not. No? Okay. Ooh. So the. the- so my, wife was, my wife went to Narita a few years ago for a first conference and she brought back Japanese whiskey. And I was like, oh, this is when I was big into like drinking the bourbon. And it was the scotch type. And I was like, oh, no, I don't like that. Yeah. So I th- I think the the world malt grain is it's like a blend of five different, but I don't know if I don't know if any of them are Scott. I mean they're not very. Well, I mean they they actually but, have to like yeah, smoke it with peat or whatever like, yeah. to make it taste like. And scotch. I'm not a well. So that's the reason that I tried the Ichiru in the first place was because we were at like this restaurant and like the English translation said, uh, dry to sweet, and I'm like. I don't think I've ever like. Is that like a mistranslation? I don't think I've ever heard of somebody refer to whiskey as sweet. Um, but I'm like, yeah, give me Except that. Except when they're talking about Fireball. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like I like Fireball. So let's, Fireball that's is my, the top. That's my number. Um, and so I, I, that's where I first tried. And it was. It, it's not it's sweet. It's definitely like not sweet. There's no sugar added. No. Like I could drink it and 
exactly I, I and not gag on of, uh, yeah I've and seen... so that's kind of broadened my palate a little bit since then so like, don't feel super bad about uh, I don't know liking Fireball. Like my dad is sixty six now, and I've only ever seen my dad drink gin and tonics and like Coors Light, MGD, and um, what's his uh, what the hell is it? whiskey sour? He makes whiskey sours on Christmas Eve. But for whatever reason, the last like five years, he got like hard into Fireball. He just likes to drink like Fireball shots. Yeah, uh, to and it's cheap zone, too. You know? That's the nice like, part, right? Like you can go he grab a bottle of you. It. Drink with you can you find him at a dorm party right. every weekend. Yeah, that's right. I'm like <laughs> he'll come over. I'm like, Dad, what do you want to drink? He's like, You have a fireball. <laughs> I'm ready to go get like my Coors Light or Miller Light out of the basement. He's like, No, fireball, please. He's like, Can I we play flip know. cup and do keg stands too? All right. Maybe you it. have maybe fireballs the, the the real like pinnacle of alcohol, uh, and we're just you know playing this other sort of weird game. It just feels like it was designed for kids and my tastes in food run towards sugar and desserts and kids and like the thing that kids like, like that's generally what I'll enjoy. So, oh yeah. Yeah. It tastes like candy. That's what's good about having kids. You get to come back to all that at some point, you know, there's a good excuse for it. You don't have to like, Oh yeah, totally gonna go to McDonald's today. Oh God. Oh. Yeah. I'm playing Minecraft, you know, <laughs> for the kids. Oh. Clearly. Like <laughs> yeah. oh I play Fortnite. I play Fortnite for the kids. Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, I give oh, up. I have eight that. kids, They're and I still just say, like, well, I mean, uh, I love Fruity Pebbles. I My daughter and I are going Pebbles. through uh, Looney Tunes now, which is on nice. HBO. Awesome. And so, yeah. Is like it the old To relive my childhood. Is it the reboot? I have not seen that. No, it's like all, like, they put like Classics. all the original stretching back to like Depression era yeah. Looney Tunes. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I always have a question when they like get out guns and like you know, start shooting each other. I'm like, should I be letting my daughter watch this? I'm like, I watched it. I'm like, I'm yeah, just blind. always make sure you get that dad thing in there. You're like, yeah, you know that doesn't happen, right? And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. good. And then you just back at it. And by the way, I've been watching. Like, did you see that they're going to reboot Tiny Toons? It's going to be like Tiny Toons oh, University. Really? That's going to be on uh, HBO also. I want Animaniacs. That's the best I heard. I heard, I heard that's going to come back too. I heard. Is it really? Uh, or maybe like a day. one long episode. I've been watching uh, Thundercats guests did a reboot in 2011. I've been watching that reboot when my wife goes to bed. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm some Thundercats. My kids, I'm like, this is the shit. That. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. I was she doesn't want to watch Thundercats with you? It depends. Nerf. But Lionel. So good. It's so good. It's fantastic. Played. It's, well it's, done. It was so good. It's one of the few voices I I, I practice. I'm ashamed to admit. Uh, that sounds like Squanchy. Maybe that's where they got the inspiration for Squanchy on uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, yeah. Probably. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Squanchtastic. Yeah, they had to get it from that. There's no way they did it. I never made that connection. Why don't you go ahead? Credit for Jordan. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll talk about my drink. Uh, I got some beer brought back from Berlin, Maryland. Does anyone know where that is? No one knows where that is. This is a place that, you know. So, like Berlin, oh, you're doing like some fancy world traveling or other. No, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I got this from Berlin. Nope, the crappy Berlin. Uh, this one is from a brewery down there called Burley Oak. They do a lot of sours. This one's called the Nightmare Dream. It is. Sour ale with blueberry, blackberry, boysenberry, black currant, marshmallow, and lactose. So, 
Let's see what's up here. Lactose. Lactose. Yeah, so that's like the hot thing in, in beer right now. If, if you're not Interesting. Uh, no. into craft beer, they're making a lot of like milk, milk sugar, sugar smoothie style yeah. beers. And, and How do they keep it from like there. curdling? Uh, you, you can pasteurize it and then you have to just keep it cold. Hmm. Super, super duper cold. I would say the shelf life isn't like super long. No, you're supposed to like drink three it months. Fast. I have some aging though, so. Do they do like uh, you know a lot of clarified milk punches? They used to do that a lot. Um, You'll see those sometimes kind of an too. Old, older thing. They do like a milkshake IPA. One of the breweries around here where it's the same thing. They'll add the milk sugar to like an IPA, and do uh, and fruit it and all this, like a little bit of fruit. I don't know they're they're pretty good. There's all right, so now taste. hold on. Now we're getting to my my territory. So these are well, like sweet drinks. Like yeah, yeah so you yes. would like these. It you would probably sour, like these. Right? They're, they're and they're also like sour. They're fruity. Yeah. And they're also like 7% and higher too. So you can drink like one and be good. You know what I mean? It's not like your Coors Light where it's like four and a third, right? You know? My, my favorite actually are ciders, honestly. And if it's a cider below 5%, that's when I know it's something I'll enjoy because it'll, yeah, like, it'll be all just sweet. You know, like if kids like it, that's what I'm going to like, right? That's, <laughs> my, that's my sweet spot. Just not pumpkin. No pumpkin sour. No pumpkin sours. I'm going to take a picture. So I got my glass. I got this new glass today from uh, uh, Brett. What's his name? Brett Hannigan? Brett Hengen. Brett Hengen from Crazy Design Company. It's Tool. If you guys are into Tool at all, he did this design with, uh, you probably can't see it. It's a whole wrap of like uh, the, the the band Tool. Uh, oh, it's pretty the cool. The band, not T-O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Not the lock picking. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah. No. So very excited to drink this. Tool was one of the last concerts I went to back before I got old and boring, I think. Oh, Tool was the last concert before COVID for me. Oh, no. Mine was like 10 years ago. Also pre-COVID. Nice, but yeah. So over to, over to you, Cal. Yeah, so uh, I I'm Cal. just still sticking on the IPA thing. So this one's from Single Cut, and I think Single Cut's up in um um, um I don't up know New York. Not, yeah, New York. But uh, they make some good stuff. This one's called the Flash in the Middle. It's a double dry hop IPA. I don't know. I'd look everything up on on tap before I buy it, and if like if it looks like it's good, gets good ratings, like four or higher. I'm like, oh, I'll try it. But I'm drinking this out of a, um, as we determined before, from Sipping Proper a, uh, in the theme of Halloween, a nice uh, Beetlejuice glass. Sip and proper. Nice. With a, also creepy on the back, which I actually had, I did have to look it up. It says uh, Mento More on there. And I'm like, obviously that's Latin. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Apparently it's like something to remind you of death. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Mento More. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had to look it up. I think it means like a symbol of death, like a skull or something like that. If you see a, like an object that means a symbol of death, I'm like, oh, that sounds like something I should drink out of, I guess, before Halloween. <laughs> Thematically yeah. appropriate. Before Halloween. Eat, drink, and be merry. Mm -hmm. That's right. Eat, drink, and be merry. But oh, enough man, about some dr some drinks. Yeah, is that yours had like 30 different flavors in it, so I hope it's good. Yeah, I know. Usually boysenberry ruins beers for me, but this is pretty good. I'm a fan. You're a fan. So Every enough about Berlin. I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll look them up. <laughs> Berlin, Maryland. That's outside of Ocean City. If you didn't know, uh, if you ever been to Ocean City, Maryland. You know, up here in the north, we have some real good uh, real good beaches. You guys. You want to? <laughs> yeah, I make sure here. to go to the beach every time I'm in Maryland. <laughs> yeah, I bet. number one on the list. <laughs> number one sure. stop. That water is clear as the Caribbean up here. Jellyfish as far as the eyes can see. Because it's all ice, I think, is why, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <pretty> <laughs> Super clear. Yeah. Yeah, no problem.
So enough about the Drakes. So, uh, I mean, I, I think we got all talking is that we got introduced via Ben, what we, we had on the podcast, uh, who you know, and for all our listeners, and I don't, spoiler, is uh, Jordan and Peter are, is it right? The developers, the creators, the founders of Binary Ninja? Is that, am two, I? Two of the three founders, yeah. Of, nice. Uh, Vector 35, which is, like the, we, we mostly prefer people to know us just as the Binary Ninja dudes. Uh, that's, that's, that's good enough. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think I would have known Vector Thirty Five if you'd have thrown that at me. Yeah, that's that's intentional. Like when we sponsor conferences and stuff, like we oh. just put the, the binge logo up. We don't bother with with Vector Thirty Five. That's, <laughs> that's the one for the state and taxes, and then you know. Right. Right. Uh huh. And then the others for networking. That's right. The real deals. So, so yeah, what's so, that like? So, like, so how do you? I don't know. How do you try to like separate that, or or just like why why even use Vector Thirty Five at all, other than just like taxes and. Uh, because so, binary ninja is a product right it's a specific like that is a reverse engineering tool um we don't have immediate plans you know short-term plans but um certainly long-term plans to be able to branch out from just you know a specific reverse engineering tool um so it's fair. And, i guess I, I don't go to ida.com and expect to see you know yeah, you go to hexrays.com. Yeah, good which point. Which is, yeah, their company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, David. Duh. Well, yeah, and, no, yeah they've gone through a few few renames too because they were data rescue at one point. You know, they were part like Ilfac was working with. Um, oh, I forget the guy. But we also have binary ninja as our URL, right? Yeah. So, like, you could just most people just go directly there. Yeah. Or they go to Vector35 and then like to... I haven't, yeah, I haven't updated Vector35.com in, I think, four years since we made yeah. E5, since we found the company. It's pretty, in Probably fact, we have like, we have profile photos of people up there on it. And, it's only uh, the first four. It's the first four. And then, yeah, we've got like another like seven people who work Vector35 uh, now. None of them are on there. Do you think they're kind of butthurt about not being included on that at all? Did you know, you ever, originally, yeah. Them? Originally, it was like, oh, can I, can I get my photo there? I'm like, ah, absolutely. We just, like, my only nitpick was I kind of like the photos to be consistent like i don't want like jarringly different lighting or back like i like you know like a consistent lineup i was like yeah let's go get the photos and of course that just like never happens like when are we going to get everybody in the office the same photo and try to redo them all and then oh well oh, no. then a new person starting in a month we gotta wait for them to yeah so five years later it's still the first four <laughs> i'm hearing you don't have them. badges <laughs> with your picture on them no (laughs) we've got an admin though so this is gonna be this can be a new uh this is true a new admin task a new task for for, admin and a dslr i guess for people uh starting their own company like whenever you hire a full-time administrator it will have been several employees too late and you realize i should have done this a while ago like it (laughs) makes so many things so much better you go from like yeah having to do everything yourself like you know, to to actually having somebody else to to delegate to, it's that was that was pretty fantastic. I would but agree. With I was gonna... Kyle and I have the same admin, and she's she's fantastic. I can't imagine. Oh, I always said if I started my own company or whatever, whoever I started with, like I would hire her. I mean, she's like yeah. close to retirement, and she you know, says that all the time. But I would still be like, I'll pay you double what you, and it, you know, it's still yeah. like a lot for her, right? And like she's she's amazing. I mean, it would be one thousand percent worth it for anybody there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She gets she's shit awesome. done. <laughs> yeah, good, she's been doing it. She, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she's been an executive assistant for like forty years. Like, she used to work for like a big department company back in the day when they like did the real stuff, like 
go out and get their laundry, like weird stuff. I don't want to say real <laughs> stuff, but like the weird stuff you would never potentially never say that for. Yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. Like go get my lunch and pay my bills and things stuff like that. Stuff that it would be like technically tax fraud to like right. have them do now. <laughs> In 2020. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, or or like weird, just like creepy. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. the thing that I would think that would be kind of off putting. Like, hey, go, go get my, my laundry. Dog. Yeah, go walk my like, dog. Right. Pick up my kids from daycare. Yeah. Just sitting there at a desk smoking a cigar. She's told me some weird stories like go get a gift for my girlfriend, but don't tell my wife. Wow. Like that. Oh, like that oh. like, <laughs> that's, that's really bad. This is like you know, way back in the day when she like and 30 years ago, right? Well, four, probably 50 years ago now. But I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Do you have discretion? Is this right. one of the, uh, <laughs> yeah, how do you interview for a good candidate in that role? <laughs> like I would imagine it would be like adult content nowadays in the, in you know 2020. Something she said fine. she told me one time she said it was like back then it was like either went executive assistant route or maybe like nursing like those are the two only professions yeah. like she had a choice of back then right and i was like oh, wow different times different times yeah. but you're right that shit wouldn't fly today at all oh hell no hell no i mean that thrown back in your face so fast <laughs> and rightly so oh man i mean absolutely i agree excuse but me the, you know how to change the ribbon on a typewriter are you how many mechanical abilities do you have <laughs> So the age old question, like why make binary ninja? Like why start the company? Like I know I was actually, oh, wasn't, man, I was like, for the admin. Right. yeah. Yeah. So I guess a little bit more about, I, I guess our background. Um, yeah, absolutely. You kind of set that context up. So I, I started my like InfoSec career as a, as an IT person at a university um, and got a server hacked. And thought it was the coolest thing that my this is back in like '99. Wait, wait, you didn't hack the server. Your server, correct, correct. That's an important. You're like that's awesome. Thank you. I yeah, I I was like, oh, this is so cool. My my Red Hat 5.0 print server, uh, not Red Hat Enterprise Linux 5.0, Red Hat 5.0 server got got popped um, through uh, LPRNG, I think, and. I was like, oh, this is this is neat. Like, we got like a spam complaint or something from like the university security person. So I, pl- I pulled it offline, did a little bit of forensics, and wrote up a report to my boss. And then it went to the security, the newly hired security admin for the university. Uh, and then she was like, oh, hey, do you want to? Like, I, I'm looking for a security engineer. And I'm like, well, I'm a part time student. She's like, oh, never mind. I'm like, no, I, I really want to do this. <laughs> and she's like, I don't want to deal with part time student. Like, ah, oh, fine. And so I got a part time gig on like the security team. It turned into a security engineer role and uh it was fun because i get to do like just everything you know you get a, not much of a budget uh no salary's not great but like all sorts of cool equipment good routing gear because it's you know massive networking university and lots of uh-huh. cool stuff you get to play with and a lot of discretion so it was it was a blast uh started playing ctfs and uh that kind of started a whole new chapter where it's like ooh, this whole hacking thing is a lot of fun uh i, I would like to do more of that uh and that turned into a gig where i first met Peter at a, a defense contractor where we were doing vulnerability research. Well, they were doing vulnerability research reverse engineering. I was apparently hired to be a tech writer, but no one told me or the other engineers that. Um, <laughs> and so I just started doing real work <laughs> and, uh, and like nobody caught on apparently. So like there was, uh, I had been doing like writing for some magazines. So I was writing for a couple like print publications okay. and I guess they were kind of like hiring, they were hiring, you know, engineers, they were hiring security researchers, they were hiring tech writers. And there's, there, there's some debate as to what role I was, I was actually hired into. Um, 
So it was you, kind of you a just, free-for-all back then anyway. Yeah, so you just like slid in there and like started working. It wasn't even like a billet thing. We're like, oh yeah, we have this. We need to hire someone that can do security and our budget only really supports a tech writer. So hire this guy because he might be able to do it. It wasn't anything like that. No, no. It was, and it was, I, the, a lot of the people there had clearances and was doing a lot of Back then we had so much work and like so few, like if anyone could do the work, it was just like, okay, get them. Like, yeah, put so them on like contract it was a, immediately. It was a recruiting bonanza. And that's where like I very quickly started getting into like the recruiting pipeline because a lot of the like hires had kind of been local or like friend or friends. And I kind of came from like outside with a bunch of like security connections. And so that turned into um for me, I I ended up pulling all sorts of people that I knew and uh referring them. In fact, actually one of our uh coworkers at Vector 35, this is my third company in a row. I worked with him at the university, I worked with him back as a defense contractor, I've worked, you know, you know, we've kind of worked together uh for like something like 15 years now which is which is really funny to think about but yeah so that was kind of like crazy time and then and then so we were there you know doing reverse engineering and vulnerability research um and loving it but after a while the company gets got acquired and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and uh, you know you spend all day in a windowless room after a while you're like you know i like the sun i live in florida oh the windowless Um, world yeah Yeah. so like i don't miss that shit i don't miss that at all i have no regrets right i loved it it was oh yeah absolutely people good work but also like if you get the chance to do it you should totally do it Uh like absolutely because like yeah, you get to go up here behind the and curtain. Yeah. That experience yep. and that work line and everything that you're doing and involved in is just like a little bit bigger than, you know, anything that I've worked on so far outside of the wall or windowless world. And and you're right. Like if you have a chance, if you can yeah, get through the You got to do it for at least a couple of years. It. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah it's, <laughs> it's great, especially right after college before you got like kids and college tuition you're <laughs> trying to save up for. And, um, you know, you can you can just throw yourself into it, um, but yeah. So like, part of and that was down in like Florida. Kind of, you had a spot down in Florida. Florida. You could do that, yeah. Melbourne, Melbourne, Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mel- down in Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people who are in this work, we say Melbourne, Florida, like, oh, you guys were there. And we're like, yeah, like that's 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 where it yeah. was. Um, it was a but like that's a, a niche few place. few that people know, right? Like you'd have to work in that. You're like, oh yeah, okay. Because when you guys yeah. said you were Florida, I'm like, oh, you guys must have moved down there. But now that I know the backstory, nope. Yep, I've been here for for a while, and so we were kind of looking to like actually. So the funny thing is, Peter and I were were in, in England like the year before we left. Basically, um, there was like a a kind of like reorg. We were both in like leadership positions. There was a reorg, and suddenly we weren't on the org chart, and we're like, "Uh oh, hey, uh, Peter, are you muted? I can't hear you. I think you're muted. Yeah. Nope." Nope. No, it might be, nope. it might check, be check. headset. Um, so we were, yeah, we were, we were, there was like, they were trying to like spin up a new kind of part of the company over in like the branch in the UK that did similar vulnerability research work. And uh, my wife was super interested in it. I was super not. And then there was like this like random reorg that we disappeared off the org chart and we're like, well, let's go to England. And so we did. Um, we spent a year kind of like hiring and, and training up their sort of like kind of trying to teach them like because so like the group we were in a like a big defense contractor but we were still a bunch of like hackers we were a bunch of like troublemakers and people doing tool dev and and, mm-hmm. and vr and re and so trying to teach like a british defense contractor how to like have this culture of hacking and like the cr- the craziness that goes with that and like you know not be so like rule focused that was an interesting 
uh, experience because culturally it was a very, it was a stretch for them. And so uh, it was fun and I love living, my wife wants to move back. We kind of love doing it, but we sort of came back and then it's like, well, if we're ever going to leave, like we really had like no ties, you know, the rest of the org was easy. It was easy to like step out and, and do uh -huh. something different then. Um, and so the, the third co-founder is, is Rusty. Um, and he, uh, he had been the primary author of, of Binary Ninja, like the CTF tool. So we actually had like an early version of Binary Ninja that was, we, we used for CTFs because we continue, we played a lot of CTF for many years. Um, I've got three DEF CON black badges or, well, two only act, two physical black badges, but three wins. Um, yeah, there we go, Peter, are you there? Yeah, but it's the wrong mic. It's the mic. He's got double mic too. You guys are pros. His, his headset's pretty good. Well, you gotta have a, you gotta have a backup. Um, so yeah, so we've been playing like a lot of CTF, and and there was like a. In fact, it's actually on GitHub right now. It's like the deprecated Binary Ninja Python edition. Um, that oh was man. Built just for CTF, like it literally says deprecated in the repo name. Like it's 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 like archived. <laughs> it's all over. Like this thing is old. It hasn't been touched in literally six years. Um, but uh, it's out there. In fact, you I think uh, I was gonna say, have you seen? Have you seen anybody pull it? And, and we 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 got like a, an early it? pull request for like Python three support, and we're like, yeah, we're no, no, yeah. <laughs> mm, no. yeah. Um, and that I think it was literally like four years ago. Uh, actually, though, x sixty four dbg the the debugger yeah. uh, actually used the the graph layout routing algorithm that was in. Oh, that's in, cool. in the Python version. So like, the, you know, like when you like the visual graph, it's actually the same as the early, which is actually pretty similar to the current uh, algorithm we use uh, right now in Binary Ninja. So in fact, I think the commit message even was like, I don't really know how this works, but it does. And I'm, it, I'm, I take it, took it from here. So like, yeah, it works. Um, that's a, that sounds, uh, <laughs> it sounds like a good idea to leave that old, old version in the repo. To not come back yeah i mean it's it was useful it was and then it had, it had some neat features actually that even the current binary didn't like because it was just all python it had like this little built-in terminal it had it had a couple like a little text editor some other kind of nifty features and it was it was meant for like ctf stuff where it's like quick patch and um it's disassembly was awful like you know it lacked a lot of it obviously had no like ils and all this other stuff that we've added since um but it, it, it was did like have an IL. Oh, did it have an il was it lil yes. or did it had no, no, no. It's something completely different. That's how oh, the emulator so, worked. That's right. Yeah, it, it did have an emulator on the L, which was it had like a little auto unpacker. It would even you know, it would even do, which is which is pretty cute trick. Um, did you did you find that you'd use the like auto unpacker a lot in in your CTFs or? Yeah, it was really yeah. helpful for that. Like you just like open up a packet dump and then just hit A, and it would even like auto automatically um, uh, unpack the essentially just execute until it's executing something that it modified. So that, that's, that sounds a lot like, um, I don't know, were you, were you looking like, did you program in anything to like identify like UPX or, or any other sort of packers or you're just like, no, we no, can pretty this, much this algorithmically like decide. Okay. This okay. is just like, was, like yeah. raw bytes, like just start I, I emulating it. It did work on UPX though. It would also uh, work on UPX if I recall, because it would literally just like UPX would, I would do work. I, I don't I think so. Cause I think that UPX requires some like, like calling into some APIs and stuff APIs like that. that. Like allocate memory. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm getting confused with the different tool we had at the time that would, 
that would unpack i think oh yeah um, yeah that's a different <laughs> you got stuff other, like hidden thing. in there like well we're not going to give you all the secrets so, so i so during your ctf days like a, a quick segue did you come across any of the, the ppps coming from carnegie mellon like the plaid yeah yeah, yeah. Plaid parliament we, we yeah, played we with a we played well before ppp was a thing Nice. I, I remember when uh, they, they started playing and then one of our uh, our CTF players is like, dude, these guys are scary good. Like, they're going to dominate. And we're like, Psh, like, we got, we've like, we, yeah, we did DEFCON qual, we, we won DEFCON quals, I think, five years in a row playing as various teams um, the names change so people like don't believe us like no those were all us until like <laughs> you did that on purpose years, so that people there. weren't like same team or you're just like yeah yeah, yeah it was I mean, because we didn't like it like one things. time somebody had had a name that we didn't like it like team awesome was my well, least we, favorite name for yeah as it should be and then another time it was right. just like someone had, like back then you would also make like ghost teams just in yeah. case the name uh just in case there were uh, challenges that were better solved like oh you only get five attempts so uh -huh. you make ghost teams and like and we just started using one of the ghost oh team names. nice that's a good idea um and then for, for a while uh, we had anagrams too we would we would reshuffle yeah. the name huh. of the that's company cool. that we worked for so that like it was plausible deniability but it was also because like we literally had people like i would be in a meeting and i'd be like oh yeah like we won like you know defcon calls last year people were like no you didn't i'm like yeah no really we we did that that was us um and so we started using things that were anagrams so we could be like look rearrange re the letters and look what you get and like we yeah. could prove that you know, that was that was us again so we started that for a while and we would just do a different anagram for every ctf so it was like uh what was it rhinoceros rhinos it, it was a couple of different ones yeah a couple of random ones hates so, irony hey, do you still do do you do still do ctfs or, or are you kind of out of that game we're old man, man. I know that's the thing, right? It's a young man's game. I mean, game. When, when do you get when, when do you get it's a young man's game considered... and Chris Eagle's game? So <laughs> I was gonna say, is this like is like you know CTF like world just like you know you know football like when you get to like thirty three, you're like ah, gotta hang up the cleats. Like I'm Dude, old. You get now. kids, and it's like yeah. you. you yeah, I, I played you get through kids my first... and a wife, and then good luck getting a weekend off. Uh -huh. to like I played through my play first two and a half, like two kids, and even the third kid, I I, I lasted longer than than a lot of folks. Um, but yeah, for me, it was actually the company. I could handle the the three yeah, kids, but three kids true. plus a company just killed it for me. Uh, so like I'll still like I hopped in. I played quals with Samurai uh, last year. Um, and I'll I'll do like one maybe two CTFs a year, and that's about it. Mostly to just feel bad about how far it's gone. <laughs> feel feel bad about my own skills. Yeah, I'm feeling inadequate. I should probably know how to do this. Occasionally, yeah. I'll saw one. It, it feels really good then, though. So like I I, I would look. I, mean, I was gonna say, has it really changed a lot? Like you know the like the reverse engineering challenges. You know, like has that landscape really I mean, changed? Strict reverse engineering? No, no. but yeah. like. The vulnerability landscape changes yeah. because, you know, it, it's like oh, some new technique that's got some edge case, House and, like, of whatever, how to get around this like yeah. one thing, and unless you're like really up on it, you you just completely miss out and spend hours and hours on something that's like oh yeah, go look at this paper or this, you know, whatever. It's like if you're not in it, 
you got to be paying attention, uh, right? You got to kind of yeah. kind of know what the what the local or like the yeah, the news is, right? Should yeah. be, right? Like like we always loved the CTFs that were like when we were on the cutting edge and yeah. the CTF was on the cutting edge. You know, we enjoyed it. So what was like your favorite one? Do you remember, do you have like a favorite challenge that you did? I think most of my favorite challenges were ones that we made, yeah, versus played. Because we've done a lot of, like, we've made a lot of CT. We ran Ghost in the Shell Code for, was it six years, seven years? Uh, at ShmooCon. That was, that, was that was our CTF, too. For Is that how you get tickets to ShmooCon? You just kind of have to make challenges, <laughs> yeah. and then you get free yeah, that's tickets? Because right. there's no other way to do it. To do with it. <laughs> Sponsor. Or like, and that's how you get tickets. Yep. Speaking Yeah, I forget. We would get really like two. Pass F5. Yeah. Oh man. We would right. get like two or free, bot, and right? then we, I mean, we like, could pay for four. Like we had like a, yeah, we had a deal worked out with them. We still had to scramble to get most like all the team in. We would like, have yeah, we had we would good. have like the entire team like yeah. all right, everyone's waiting, and they've On got their devices. phone and their like computer, and they're hitting refresh at the same time to get tickets to to schmooze. Do you really on. think it's a refresh thing? I mean, I feel like the people that got it were building like bots. You don't think it, like, for us it was just like refresh at the particular like on the second that it turns again though we it. stopped about four years ago right so this was yeah, so maybe, that period maybe, of time yeah i know of one person on our team that had a botnet that you would use to, to grab tickets get um, out of here out. i won't call it by name but i know of one per only one i mean they do they do a lot by to change up the, the oh yeah for sure flow intentionally yeah. to make to make that harder but i mean you know What's still hard, like even like, I think the only time I've ever seen the second page is the one where you have to click the right button. And yeah. I, I think I just panicked and, cl and clicked the first button oh, yeah, that I saw. Yeah. I'm a like, human or no. I'm not. And you can be like, uh, you're not, you're Fuck, done. I don't know. I clicked, the, I clicked the first button because it was, you know, ordered top to bottom and I didn't scroll to the bottom. It's like, it's like I, reading the I directions the in first grade. I don't do that either. <laughs> I love the idea of it. Good. Like I love like keeping the conference size small, even if that's like a really annoying side effect. I know a lot yeah. of people really don't like the, the how quickly stuff runs out yeah. and how you scalping and you know i would love to get a ticket for that but i don't i don't see that in my future especially in 2021 you can you can always <laughs> if you ever want to go though, no seriously if you ever want to go you can always get in literally just go there's always actually in fact when we did this as a team i would always end up with one ticket extra because somebody would cancel or something would happen and i'd be like the day before I'd be like on twitter like hey i got a ticket literally it's free just show up because I don't want to go to waste and, and I give it away to, to somebody. So yeah, if you, I thought yeah, you were saying you, that there was some sort of like back door that you could just like walk in. I mean, there's well, that too. That we too. knew those <laughs> hotels really well. <laughs> we, we knew those hotels really, really well. We, we had, we had access to some of the back hallways and, and yeah, uh, depending on the year when we were doing it. But so, so like a, the, of, of the CTS, the challenges though, like the Pwn Adventure game, Kind of challenge again. Like most of this work is like Rusty. Rusty is like the guy that does. Peter and I just get to talk about like stuff that he's done. But like he, Peter and I have helped with some of them. But Rusty has done some amazing challenges, like the Pwn Adventure series, like the 3D hackable video game. It, to this day, doesn't have a, an equal in in like the CTF community for like the depth of the challenge and the work that like went into it. Like there's been a couple of other really cool ones that have been like awesome uh even google just this last week did a really cool like hackable game kind of thing but like the amount that rusty put into like some of these things if if you guys uh you know live overflow who does you know those awesome youtube yeah, tutorials he did a whole series where he was like i i wasn't good at hacking series or something like that it was yeah it was just <laughs> tons of episodes just on pony adventure um pony island was like the the nickname that was pony adventure 3 
uh, and it's it's like a fantastic overview of like all the challenges like just the it was sure he's great were amazing. I, he's like if i really want to like learn about something and i'm rusty on something i'll watch his videos he also did the he did that course with uh the tally right like the um recent malware reverse engineering course i think did he I think it was him i, I think it was him that. maybe i'm thinking of someone else but no i'm thinking Fact someone else check kyle yeah I'm thinking <laughs> someone else. this other person <laughs> overflow is his name not live overflow or something you know uh, okay, with the zero and the uh, yes the flow, one, I think yeah, yeah I've yeah. seen that that handle too. Yeah, also good tutorials and stuff. So. Dead overflow is his name. Something like that. But either way, overflow. great great uh, tutorials as a whole, right? So yeah, I'm so like I have to watch I, these videos. These look I awesome. love that. Yeah, I love the like the hackable video game style challenges. That was always sort of my favorite like genre of of games. Um, and so like we and we've we have made several more like we make a lot of challenges for seesaw so the one that peter and i put the most work into was that an nes rom that was like kind of zelda ish called point of interest yeah it was all hand assembly 6502 uh, well it wasn't technically assembly it was no it was it was it was totally assembly yeah. wasn't it yeah we didn't have it like it was a compiler ish but it was still it was, it was just 40,000 lines of 6502 assembly yeah. We did every bit of art. We did every bit of sound, music. It's the we same had... ROM that uh, the original Zelda used. Yeah, same mapper. Uh, there's, this, uh, there's this conference going on now called Geek Week that uh, the Canadian government hosts up in Canada, up in Ottawa. And I met these guys who work at um, an ISP up in, in, up in, over in Norway. <laughs> oh. And last year when we were physically there, this one guy, I mean, probably the same level as you guys, like super great exploit dev guy. He had the Mega Man, like the theme was video games that year. So he had the Mega Man ROM and he patched it to like change the color of Mega Man and all these things. And then use like a, a rat exploit that had also like an overflow in it that you like the, that the Chinese used. And he like would drop that like in the like, sort of video. It was this whole cool like thing where he'd like drop that on the, you know, the controller desktop and it ran Mega Man and played through like half of a level and all this other stuff. It was, it was pretty sweet. So like, I don't even know where to even start with that type of stuff. That's like fun stuff that I wish I don't even know where, like where's even. I think that's just like live debugging. Like you just have to watch and just kind of, just kind of have to know where you're at. Like you watch, watch your registers. You have to, you know, yeah. kind of have to be into it more at the beginning than just kind of like guessing and checking. But that's a, like a good question for someone, you know, I, I'm not even in the same level as in, the three of you is when it comes to reverse engineering, but like, how does someone even start nowadays? It kind of falls in some of the questions like I, you guys threw back, like some of the topics I talk about, but like, how could someone even start in that nowadays, right? I really think the the CTF is a great route. Like there's a lot of like beginner CTFs that um, there's like walkthroughs and stuff and they go through really, really slowly and kind of, because you know for me it was always difficult to like just learn assembly in the abstract or just reverse yeah, engineer to, to it. find like you gotta like if you're racing someone to figure out who can like you know come up with the answer to this thing the, the, the fastest like it puts a whole new level of like motivation into it so so you know my exploit dev skills kind of just took off when I really started focusing on like getting better and faster at 
you know, at CTF challenges. You know, it's just like, you're not like looking at assembly language instructions and saying like, okay, this moves this register into here. You're just like now recognizing these big patterns of yep. code and you're just reading. It might as well be C. Um, you know, now, to be fair, you code. were doing it for your day job too at the same time, but like oh, yeah. that, that helped, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, the, like a lot of people like I've talked to over the years, like I tell them like, there's really just no substitute. You just do it. Like, like any skill, like any, anything, the more you do it, the better you get. And like, the, yeah, there's like ways that are less efficient, ways that are more efficient. There's good resources, you know, going with like Pico CTF is a fantastic beginner CTF. Um, is always like a good place to start. There's actually um, some of the order of the overflow, which the current DEF CON organizers have a CTF radio with like lots of O's at the end because all of their challenges and all of their stuff have, have like three O's for order of the overflow. And uh, they have a whole episode just on like resources and kind of getting started in CTF. I mean, there's there's tons of there's um, there's actually a document uh, that was that was several documents that put put out Trail of Bits put out the CTF handbook. I've got like some CTF resources on a, a captf.com. Like there's just there's a whole bunch of places you can go to to find old challenges, read old write-ups, read tutorials. I mean, there's just I wish there was this many resources. Like when I started, it was hard to find archives of old challenges, let alone write-ups, let alone, you know, actually. let alone like, how do I reverse engineer anything? Like that wasn't, yeah. that wasn't a thing when, yeah. when we were getting college, like we count, it was, about it was like, before, okay, right? step one, pirate Ida. Hope you can get this, this reverse engineered in a half an hour before Ida resets and uh, yeah, that's right. Run the, run the demo and like uh -huh. look the timeout. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, speaking of resources, uh, we actually have a free version of our product called the uh, Binary Ninja Cloud. So cloud.binary.ninja, like you could just go in and throw a binary in and like start reversing. And like it shows our whole like um, reverse engineering IL stack and you get a decompiler and you get strings and all the, the Types, kind of things that you would names, expect yeah. out of um, a reverse engineering tool all built into the browser. I was going, that's gonna be one of my questions later on because I always have students who are like, one, how do, why do I get in reverse engineering? And then like tools wise, I mean, I'd have put out their free tool, but now I can throw them at you know, your guys' tool and say, hey, yeah. go here, right? I mean, obviously there's a, David teaches more technical students than I do. Not that my students aren't technical, the ones that do listen, so don't shame me. But like, <laughs> I, I teach in an interdisciplinary school on the side, right? So I have students that come in that like changing, you know, uh, career paths and some that like did econ, but like hacked on the side and want to get into information security, right? And like, so like they have a Those plethora the best of different- students, though, honestly. People with like a, a mixed background tend to like, in my mind, be way more interesting. And I use that as a one of the best tackles I know was a physicist, and he was just amazing. I you mean, know, like, I'm using one student as an example. He he was an econ, you know, from a uh, Ivy League school, but like he just did hacking stuff on the side, taught himself. Now he works at Google doing some cool shit, right? Like, yeah, worked at some really cool places, and like you know, he's like five years out working at Google. Not bad, not too shabby coming from like an econ degree, right? And like a technical role, so. I think, yeah, I think that's a lot cool. of people get hung up on the degree and the school, and that's like mm, in this field, especially like it really doesn't. That's we, we've talked about that over and over again on this podcast through you know the the first thirty episodes or wherever we're at too, and like it just it it comes up over and over again. Like you don't need to be 
a CE or a CS to be able to reverse engineer or, or do like binary analysis. It's just not a requirement. Yeah. If you have an major. aptitude, yeah. If you have an aptitude and you can put your brain in through like analytical thinking, like it's not required that you're technical at all. Yeah. One of the best yeah. hackers I've worked with, like couldn't really program in C, but he could read assembly, right? Like he knew that's assembly. Still me. Like, that's still me. <laughs> I'm still not that's, that's me. I got it right. It's not very well. See, right. I mean, that's the thing too. Like, it's nice to hear from coming from you guys too, because like we had a former coworker that like literally is like, you can't reverse engineer because you don't have a CS background. You know, I'm just like, all right, well now fuck you to start. And two, like now I have a chip on my shoulder to show you that I can do it. Yeah. I'm like I can do it. You know what I mean? Like, and I, don't I, have I will say like, I wish I, I wish I did take a more CS classes in my sure, undergrad. Like, I do, there were things, yeah. but I, but I'll caveat that with, I've done a lot of like hiring and I've, I used to do, like I said, I used to do a lot of the recruiting and I visited a lot of universities and I did, a, mm-hmm. I've reviewed hundreds of resumes over the years. And I, I will say there are better schools than others for actually teaching the things that are relevant for reverse engineering. And there's really actually only just a few where I can see a resume and be like, oh, okay, you actually fundamentally understand enough about how computers work to be, to be good at reverse engineering. Uh, like it's, it is relatively rare. So like people in CS in particular, right? Just because you have a CS degree doesn't really mean much. Like if you've never, I think so many CS degrees are just learning data structures in Java uh, and they have zero understanding of how memory management works or how, you know, what is going on. And so like to try to go from that level of understanding to reverse engineering, it's harder. You can still totally do it. It's just more work. Which Um, that's not necessarily bad if you want to go and write apps, right? right. But if you want to reverse engineer, that's a different, that's a different thing. You got a different set of requirements that you've got to learn. So that's kind of nice little segue. Like one of the questions, Peter, you threw back is like, the future of reverse engineering. Like, what, is, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you, yeah. So, you know, like we, you know, that, that's something that's kind of always on our mind is like, okay, like what if we could get you like, you know, just uh, you feed in a binary and we could give you back the source code, right? Like you would think like, oh, you know, our job is done, but, um, I kind of don't think that's like the end of reverse engineering. That's not like, um, that's not our ultimate goal is just to just give you the source code. You say this like, is kind of like the, the, the decompiler, like push button, get candy. All of a sudden, like you can see all the data structures and everything. Right. Like we imagine that like, and we're obviously working towards that. Like, okay, just automatically recover all the data structures. Okay, like, can we automatically recover all the names for all the structure members and all the functions and stuff like that? And there's been some research done in uh, in the public that that's doing trying to make strides towards that. It's all, in my opinion, not very great. Um, uh, it, it's it, there's a lot to be desired, um, but you know, I, I also think there's like. There's more to it than that. Like when you're just looking at, you know, source code, you you always have this this idea of like what is like how is this data manipulated? Like where does it come into the system? Where does it exit the system? Like um, some of, so some of the things that we're working on is um, 
the ability to not just follow code fl control flow, uh, but follow data flow. So can you map like inputs to outputs and then where they come back into the system? And, and um, we feel like that's a much uh, more intuitive way uh, for looking at you know, what's happening in a program because you could you could write like a, say a, a PNG parsing algorithm a hundred different ways. You give a hundred different people the the thing and they're all going to to have you know a hundred different ways of doing it. But if you look at it as inputs and outputs, they're all going to have the same exact inputs and the same exact outputs. And it's, you know, it's going to be a file on the one side and it's going to be RGB values on the other side. Um, and that is like the one constant. It's like looking at the interface for these things and um, trying to like figure out how we can show those uh, data flows and um, in a way that's intuitive for the user to look at, um, I think it's like ultimately where we want to to be as a reverse engineering tool. I was gonna say, it sounds like you've at least thought about the problem. Like, have you like tried to implement any of these uh, um, like control flow, data flow solutions? Like, like I put one in, now I get 10 out, like any, anything like that. Like, I'm sure, I know it's not easy. I, I think that we have researchers at, at, you know, our group that are also trying to solve the same problem. And yeah. it sounds like a huge pain in the ass and yeah. I don't want anything to do with it. So best of luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is a really tricky thing. And, um, you know, if you try to use, you know, you know, conventional algorithms, you kind of, you run into a lot of like you know, cubic equations, you know, um, that, you just state space explosion yeah gets thrown tons of right. state space explosion and i think um in some ways you have to be a lot more dumb than than uh than some of these you know completely um, um uh, sound algorithms and you have to be willing to go into like some unsound reasoning to be able to like um, make the same kind of intuitive leaps that a human makes um, when they're like reverse engineering. Um, I mean, even decompilers are unsound, right? Like to be clear, there is no decompiler that is producing exactly what went in. Like that's just not happening. Sure. There are there are errors that are gonna like creep in there, but it's a very useful abstraction, right? Even mm -hmm. though it's it's got some amount of like imperfection in it, uh, it's still super, super useful for like understanding. Right. That's, like, that's why all the best decompilers out there are interactive decompilers. Absolutely. Like, like Ida wasn't like the first to make a decompiler. They were the first to make an interactive decompiler and that's what made them like successful. Right, the fact that you can go in and say, no, that's not right. This is how it should be. There's another parameter here. And then all of a sudden everything looks better is, you know, a huge, mm -hmm. you know, 
reason for their success. That's one of my first lessons to my students in uh, the reverse engineering course here is that please, please, when, if, if we give you an idle license that has a decompiler for x86, please don't just trust that as being mm -hmm. fact all the time, because it's not like you'll see a lot of times where it just, it flat out fails. And unless you're skilled enough to be able to identify like the, the algorithm or the data structures that should be applied to the, the disassembly, you're not going to notice that like the decompiler messed up. Yeah. Wait, did, did exactly. you, did you spell binary ninja license wrong in that sentence? Oh, uh, hey, sorry, we'll, I, we'll I do that next semester. Hey, <laughs> that's next semester. We'll, let's go. We're, yeah. We've got until February. We can work one out. Uh, let's you know, figure I'd, it out. Be, I'd be glad to put it in class. And yeah, anything the, that I can save my kids money, like if they want to keep doing this and then not give ill fuck. And he's a, he's a good dude. I took a class from him. Like I, I don't have any ill will toward him, but that's an expensive, expensive. product, man. That's a he's real doing expensive okay. product. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's, he's when, in want for money. He's the doing other right. joke I have is that, uh, you know, every time you buy an idol license, like this, this like European union, like money, dump truck just pulls up to his house and just <laughs> loads in his front yard and just gold. You know, how you know it's not like, happening to these guys down in Florida? Oh, well, you know, uh, that's, yeah, no, it's, that's why it's tax free down there. I'm it, not, it's I'm not, right. it's <laughs> not, you can, you can look at our prices unless we were selling a hundred times as much as him. We're not, uh, no, I'm just playing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I'd love to, I'd love to get my kids exposure to anything else. Um, especially, not Especially since I don't want to give them Ghidra. I don't. No, I, I personally, no. we, we, Kyle and Please. I have been. We're, we're, we were in the community before Ghidra came yep. out, and like it was, sure. it was something that like even in my company we didn't give people, or like we, no one wanted to use it. Our branch chief would come to us and be like, "Hey, yeah. man, there's this cool thing that's free from." We we had access to like, it no. as well, and we <laughs> no one used, used it. it like <laughs> yeah. just like no, like I, I would prefer. I prefer. I will say. I will say, I given that. the alternative between Radar and Ghidra, I think it's fantastic for the open source community sure. to have have Ghidra. Right? Sure. Like it is, it is Agreed. significantly better designed. It's got, it just has a whole bunch of things that that like Radar wasn't kind of filling. Well, out. So I think it, from that perspective, it's. Well, I mean, it better. Ghidra makes R two and out like it's, it's a long term taxpayer taxpayer problem because those you know if you if you're a developer and you're retiring right now that you're still paying for that developer all the way through retirement because that's the way the government pension works. That's a yep. long term problem of money. Well, dump. which is why usually the government doesn't build things like that. They tend to buy right. That's, I can't that's believe that they even pushed it. Like we got pushed to use it, and I didn't. So I've it. heard one of the. Well, yeah, it's because I, they were dumping millions of dollars into that division. As as a civilian, I got pushed to use it, and I was like, <laughs> "Well, why?" When my colleagues all have IDA licenses, like this is like 2010, right? I'm like, "Why can't I have an IDA license too?" And they're like, "Yeah, you're right." I, you I, I feel like I do got to defend them a little bit. I love their design. I think the fact that not Java that, that not I, I was going to say, oh, hold, gonna on. say wait, what, hold on, wait, hold on. But what what I will say is that like their really the cool. people. P code, right? Not the dragon icon. No, like the P code, right? Because that's right. like one of our one of our things with like Binary Ninja. And I still think like we did it better, right? Like I still think like BNIL where we have like a tiered thing of like there's all sorts of technical reasons. We've got like several talks online about why that's a better approach and why it's it's more useful. But but really, they were as far as I know like one of the very first that was like no, really, we're gonna have this consistent abstraction IL that we're gonna use for decompilation across a ton of architectures and get and get good decompilation decompilation out of so i you know i think they i think they did a good job with that and especially you know presumably we don't know in the public we don't know exactly when it was developed that people have gone through and found timestamps, right and talked about like it's we know it's at least like 15 years old or whatever given given the 
the timeline oh, so, so certainly certainly predates binary ninja so there was no you know commercial tool that had like a, i would say a sound intermediate abstraction uh that, that was available so like i i like that i like that they're they have one decompiler it works on their ils um i think you know i have some nitpicks the ui is yep at their I, I have a mean joke that says that Ghidra's real trick is making Ida's UI look good. That's why there's folders in Ida now. And now you can put uh, things in yeah. folders. You've seen, we've seen several things, I uh -huh. think. that, that I, And honestly, to be fair, there are things that I want to steal from, from Ghidra too, right? Like we were talking about like split, split view with syncing between views is yeah, awesome. That, I, I love, love, that I love split sync view. I love it. That's that, the best feature that's something I learned, yeah. But yeah, Binge is 100% going to steal that. slated yeah. for our next rev. <laughs> so, really like, we literally we had our next, our, uh, you know, two dot. So we recently released uh, Binary Ninja 2.2. .2. Um, uh, you know, 2.0 contained a decompiler. Uh, 2.2 has huge number of, you know, performance improvements, analysis improvements, like, um, serious amounts of like simplification on the, the decompilation and you know just today we kind of hammered out what our uh, 2.3 feature yeah. set is a roadmap is for that so. can you Sync can you give us like a, like a quick elevator pitch of like why your product is better than anything else i should buy sure so yeah i i think the there's a couple different reasons you would choose binary ninja over anything else um if you're doing any scripting if you're doing any automation we are hands down the right choice like there's things i'll tell you that like other tools still do better in certain situations or certain architecture you know there's, there's there there are there are reasons i'll tell you why you know you might want to use something else writing code is not one of unless you just really like java if you happen to really prefer <laughs> java programming then by all means go with, no Jeff, guys. Go with Hydra. like i don't think so but like you know uh, i'll be fair Right, that's the only the only reason you would do that. But I think that like our automation, you know, Ida Python was a bolt-on. It was a third-party product yep. that they integrated internally. Mm -hmm. We have one API. It's the same API from the very beginning, uh, and every plugin has access to the exact same API that our UI uses. Our UI is a plugin. It is literally just a plugin to the core like analysis um, that that you can even embed like our DLL shared object dialog into another. Thing. We actually have other companies who are like just using our, us as a library entirely within some other commercial project. Oh, that's cool. Um, and that was like designed from that way from the very beginning. So I think like we have a clear win uh, in that. I think if like for our patching is second to none, like which isn't a huge feature for most people, but like we have really, really fancy patching, really cool stuff. We have a compiler built in. You can just hit E and edit some assembly. And like there's like plugins that try to do that and for Frida and, and for other tools, but like- I think the, the second biggest <laughs> one is uh, our intermediate language. Um, so yeah. we have um, a really powerful set, uh, we call it a family of intermediate languages. So, um, we we start off by translating so so translating from one intermediate language to another is not a difficult task um and so uh what uh if you look at you know compilers what they tend to do is they first like parse and they put into a, an an ast which would be considered like a high level intermediate language they then move to something that has you know variables and is no longer in like 
code blocks, but it's you know linearized, and then you move down into something that is like you know, architecture specific. Essentially, we're taking that same kind of paradigm from compilers and doing it in reverse for a decompiler, which you would think shouldn't be novel, but it is for decompilers. There is so. still no tool that, that does that. Like there's no other open source research, there's no academic, like there's nothing. And it, it strikes us as odd because like for us, it was like, this is the obvious way to do it. We've had uh, on Twitter as a user, White Quark, who said like, years ago, it was like, yeah, I looked at Binary Ninja and that like, and, and they were a, an LVM uh, uh -huh. contributor they'd written a yep. lot of compiler stuff and they were like well yeah of course you would build a decompiler and a binary analysis exactly. tool this way like why why wouldn't you that just makes complete sense and we're like yeah i mean we thought so but like apparently it's not universally uh agreed upon so uh, so yeah so like the low the lowest level that we translate to is this um it, what it's supposed to be is like the smallest step that you can possibly take to get an abstraction if you look at a lot of um, a lot of things, they try to go. They're like, "Oh, we're going to write something that goes from assembly to uh, LLVMIR." And it's like, really, you just said what we're going to do is we're going to make a decompiler. And it's like that. Well, <laughs> there's so much to get from assembly to low level or to to LLVMIR that mm -hmm. like people always underestimate um, that, you know, it, even like um, uh, Brumley's, uh, uh, what are they, I forget. The PPP. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah but, but what, what, uh, yeah, yeah. what's the oh, BAP, um, BAP is BAP, the right? mayhem. Like oh, the okay. BAP, the, the precursor to BAP was ASM to C, right? It was just like, hey, we're going to take assembly, we're going to make it into C. Right, and it's like this easy thing. Everyone always underestimates what that step from assembly is to just just the next level, and and so that's what our lowest level is supposed to be. It's supposed to be something that's like almost identical to an assembly, but just language, like but a the most abstract version that you can imagine, yeah. right? Um, and and so then we can now we, we now have this like architecture abstraction that we can then build on for our medium level IL. Medium level IL looks at all of the the low level IL and well we first convert the low level IL to SSA form the skip skip yeah there's a there's a few other steps along the way that are a little bit hand yeah. wavy stuff and then yeah. um we uh, program analysis goes here right then we like figure out where the variables are where what the stack is we track the stack values so we can figure out where parameters are and so this is where like we we come up with the list of parameters and, and the variables in medium level IL. And so now we have this thing that, okay, like the stack is figured out, uh, the, the number of parameters are figured out, the only thing left is to like, okay, figure out which variables are like, the, all, all these variables are in the same stack slot. So, oh, it looks like they're the same variable. Um, and so we can do a lot of dead code elimination we can move things into blocks and we get our high level IL where we have, you know, loops and we have switch statements and we have, you know, if else blocks and conditionals and stuff. And 
there's obviously a lot that goes into that. Um, but yeah, so, so now you have this, this really related family of intermediate languages that um, you can easily like translate from one, you know, high level IL statement to the medium level IL statement. I'm going to do, do air quotes around level easy. IL. There is, there is, there is work involved. It is, it is, you know, there's, there's a lot of work that goes into, you know, to making sure you don't have analysis loops and that sure, like, we, we do a whole bunch to make that for, happen. But. For a, for a user of the API, right. like you can, you can uh, see those translations essentially and um, be able to write a script for medium level IL and then go up to high level IL and say, oh, okay, what, what block is this then? And then go down to medium level IL and say, oh, I care about, you know, you know, where is the exact, you know, variable, you know, storage location or whatever. Um, go down to low level IL and say like, okay, what, what is the exact address of this particular or set of addresses that per, this particular um, instruction exists at? So um, yeah, they, they each have a purpose and a, a very well-defined like set of tasks that they do. Um, that so, so I think the part of the reason that matters is that be like one, again, if you're writing any automation, those ILs do things that no other reverse engineering tool can do. Like there's no like anger may be the closest. They have some of this stuff. Um, and that's about it. Like there are anger only works no, on like 32 bit Linux or something like that. Right. So, um, they've got, they've got a few other things, but like, but it's, it's, it's just, it's a little more, it's a little less robust, right. But minor ninja is, is like commercially supported and kind of updated, but, um, anger and, and anger has some analysis that we don't, they have some, some symbolic executions, kind of some other stuff. Um, but I think for like, you know, we focused on really, really high throughput performance and accuracy. Like we, we value a lot. And so I think we all, go toe to toe with like any other tool out there for like our accuracy and, and performance and speed and all those kind of things. Um, and so, th but the reason those ILs matter one, cause you're writing plugins and you can do things you can't do with any other tool because of that. And two, again, it gets you, it gets us this performance, this accuracy. When we add a new architecture, like poof, it's got decompilation. Like a, a third party can write their own custom architecture and they've got a decompiler now. Right, so it's like Ghidra in that regard, unlike Ida, where it's Ida, you're going to like pay per architecture. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Implement your own, right? Yeah, so like, like from the very beginning, we knew that was like we had to do that kind of right, and like, look, let's build this decompiler that works on this common ILs. We're not like cheating like per architecture. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to like recognize compiler heuristics and like, oh, well, that's what a switch table looks like on this version of GCC. One, because we're lazy and we don't want to track compilers. We want to have to like <laughs> update every single time. No, you want to do. You want to work smarter, not harder, man. That's and exactly. Exactly, that's right. right. And so that's why we've got, we've got all these program analysis APIs in there because we're using them to do our, our yeah. you know, analysis and it, it opens up all sorts of multi-threading, which is like, I don't think any other binary analysis tool I think what well, Gator does, there. but it's just Java, so it's so slow that you don't really take advantage of it. Count. So you know what Ghidra stands for, right? No, I, oh, nope, no, I don't. Tell me, please. Please, please let us know. <clears throat> it's, Go, ahead. <laughs> no, we're Go home, initial disassembly. Oh, wait. Initial. Uh, I forget it. Go home, initial disassembly ready uh, tomorrow. It's not tomorrow. It's not like that. I forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Day, runs, day all after. Day. runs all day. Runs, runs all day. day. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Go home, initial disassembly runs all day. <laughs> Yeah, so like I I, I want to put one last one. I know, sorry, we're like doing so much like 
pitchy no. stuff, but like the, the no, last. No, I mean, they, they, I, I want to know. No, it's a, it's yeah, a, it's I mean, a real important. I've thing known about like, you guys for like at least five years, but I'm always like, ah, I mean, Ida, right? And like, it's also, like, yeah, Ida, Ida, Ida owns yeah, the market. Yeah, right? Like that shouldn't be the I, case. I love, I love, like you know, when people are like, yeah, I kind of know about you. I don't really know, like, because that to, to me is like, oh, great, more, more customers, right? Like more people that we can like show off sure. what we can do. Absolutely. Um, yeah. People are always like, like, oh, I'm sorry, I've never heard of you, or so I'm sorry, I haven't really tried you. I'm like, oh no, that's awesome. Like if everyone's heard of us then like you know we're done we're not gonna sell any more copies but like that means we get more and more just, people to to show up just to. We, 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 we bought licenses me. i think three years ago and i was one of the two people like we bought like five or six licenses in house and i think i was one of the two people like semi using it and i don't know like we just don't one. we just don't yeah you didn't get one we just don't reverse engineer like every day all day like yeah. we used sure. to Right. And I think they can, but go ahead, say what you're going to say. And then yeah, I have- so here, right, here's my last one. Um, I think like our attention to the user interface and the workflow is unique. I don't think any other tool deliberates and is intentional about like design and the interface. And I think that really matters. And I think that matters because like, for example, you stick a new person in front of Gita or Ida and their eyes are going to roll to the back of their head. Uh, How I many just, buttons do I have? I want How to many? interject Absolutely. with you right away. The, the first time that I saw Ghidra after I'd been using Ida for two or three years, I, I had no idea what the fuck to do. I was right. absolutely clueless. I don't know that I had to, what, I don't know what a project is. I had one binary. I had this, I have a 400 megabyte binary. And I need to. I need you to do things. You know just, how many clicks it go. takes in Ghidra to look at code? Like, oh, no, it's literally, insane. Like, it's six, twelve. Like fifteen. It's twelve. Okay. It is twelve it's to fifteen, depending on how you count it. Like, yeah, it literally like. It's and and now, like go. their long-term analysis and the way that they do like you know forward propagating symbols and the way that they do their project stuff is is great. Like that workflow is actually better in Ghidra for like long-term like collaborative type stuff stuff we're working on but it. no one does stuff service. like that stuff right like, I don't, like I, i'm sure somebody does that's the reason that the feature exists right like for those people that's a cool feature and you know we've got a collaboration server that's i think gonna do some cool stuff with that but ooh, like ooh, i want it's that coming. it's coming it's, it's yeah, not yeah. collaborate because no one I, I, works on that anymore oh, it's right. that that used to corrupt <laughs> your databases i know like i remember <laughs> I have a list no of all 12 of the former, all 12 of the projects that have claimed to be Ida syncing utilities and mm. all end up giving up because none of, of them work. What was, what was Marcus's? We, Marcus we, we built one, one in house. That's how we, we built one in house and actually kind well, of we, works. We, Solidary. Dave and I did it, but we Solidary. like had someone that, that built in house. But now going we back recently to left, an so earlier like, point that you made about how like your, um, your scripting engine is built into your platform. Like, and, and Ida Python's is a, is a bolt on. Everything that we write breaks every time Ida changes their API calls through the, the scripting language, right? It all breaks every time. And then to be fair, there, there, are, every there are times time. we do change our API. Like we try to be really intentional about it, but like sure. one of our sort of core philosophies is like, um, like I've submitted a lot of PRs to our to public plugins that use the Binary Ninja API. If we make changes, though, like, like we really do a lot to like sort of bring the community with us, and we have a built-in plugin manager, so like you can find the install plugins, which means that the the plugins are going to be more maintained because more people mm-hmm. are using them, and it's easier to find. Like there's a whole bunch we really do with like the kind of sort of community kind of management there. Um, but but like we're not afraid to like break an API if it's the right thing to do to like fix something and do something. But anyway, so my last one was like that workflow, right? So we like argue so much internally 
about like what to name APIs or where to put a button <laughs> or whether to do something on the side or in a dialogue or as like, a, like, you know, like, and it's, I love it because I think that like we all really value good workflows, good, like, you know, you know, a good UI when you see it, when you use a product that's like well-designed and like, it just sort of like the deep, like a great example is both I and Ghidorah make you click a bunch when you just want to open a file 95% of the time. I just want to yeah, open that's it. That's all I wanted. You can literally like, just drag right? a file that's into Binary Ninja and it opens and you're looking up and at code. code. Right? Yeah, and I, <laughs> meanwhile, I meanwhile, I was like, hey, wait a second. Click, uh, okay. Click, are click, you click, sure click. that you want Meta PC? Because you might not, you might want to select like, some just old version open of the file. <laughs> Like, the, 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 the entry header. points change. You want to see the header stop and like all these yeah. clicky clicky. Just open the goddamn and you can't. File. I actually, I think I emailed them once and was like, "Can you just make it go? Like, can you? How do I set this as default? Except always." And they're like, "You can't do that." I'm like, there's that's just right. bullshit. <laughs> and, and and that that's a that's a great like so philosophical difference. Like their their tool is like a geek tool that like once you know it, there's time. I mean, they're. I know people who've used data for a decade and they're reading Ilfax blog lately and they're like, no way you can do that. I had no idea. Like, uh -huh. cause stuff is buried and you can't find it. And it's like, I if a tree falls that. in the forest, if a tree falls in the forest, nobody hears it. It doesn't make a sound, right? Like we, I want to make that one. I want to make our defaults really, really good. I want to okay. make good choices and just do the right thing where all possible. And, and if you need to do like a non-default thing, like let's make it possible, but like, you know, let's not like make you click through it every time where all you do is you ignore that pop-up and you never worst. do anything. You don't know what the differences are, right? Like I want to like make it really good by default, add the options on, uh, and then like just better UI design in general. Now, don't get me wrong. There's things I want to change about UI. There's improvements we want to make. We've talked about like, you know, things that we, we would love to do. Um, That'll be coming 3.0. Yeah, 3.0. That's the current plan. 3.0, look for, look for a new user interface that I think will be pretty cool. Um, Peter's been championing that one for a while. So like, you know, I, I just think that, and I think a lot of people will be like, okay, whatever, you all just run in your mouth about UI. Like, no, like we're like hardcore, we've done reverse engineering. We've, most of our company has done more than, has more than a decade of reverse engineering experience. Like we've done this. And so we're not just like unable to use advanced tooling, mm -hmm. but we just value our time too much. And so as a side effect, it means that new users can like, get like a much better experience. It's easier to come up to speed on and like it's a smoother workflow. Ironically, the people who are using stuff forever and have to like untrain bad habits have in some ways a harder time, right? Cause you gotta like, oh man, I don't have to, I can just, just do it. Um, but like that's, that's the last, the last of our big like things that I think is. You're speaking hard. right to me because I've been using Ida for like 12 years now and I'm kind of, you know, especially when, when you get pushed to Gija and it's like, no, that's, that's not a thing I want. But <laughs> right. you know, if you can, if you can show me like, it's just a whole different that, set of stuff I oh have to like Lord. adapt to. Yeah. Hey, but that chomping dragon gif was pretty sweet. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm snorting up your bits. I got a, I got a, like a, an image that, that I photoshopped. Like zoom in, yeah. <laughs> the, the Ghidra dragon and the binge of face on a Hydra. And I need to put like Ida on the third head. And, like, oh, there you go. When Ghidra, yeah, when Ghidra came out, I tweeted out like, uh, uh, I put like the Ghidra logo and the Ida logo on top of like a uh, Street Fighter. And I was like, round nice. Like, yeah, fight, fight. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. Binja comes in and kicks everyone's ass. Yeah, right. And like, I would like it. Hidden character M Bison, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. I mean, it definitely yeah. like it definitely slowed us up. Like when Geeter came out, everyone was just like, "Oh, the new hotness!" and like a ton of attention went away. Right? It's hard to def like 
competing against the PR that. of the it's NSA, right? Defeating, <laughs> right? Fight against free, yeah. unless they're and having the a bad day. Well, that, that and a nation <laughs> right. state, right? You can't fight against a nation state. It's level. it's but not. Like, I wouldn't have chosen to compete against my own tax dollars. That was not my like first uh, choice. Right. Yeah. Um, that's an awful think, way to think about that problem. We're not salty at all. Nah. Damn it! I'm doing this twice, and I hate the way that the other one's doing it. Yeah, but so like, but like I will say, like I think that like our like we're sort of like back on track. Like we were, you know, kind of growing really nice year over year. Um, I think as people kind of found us, as we added more features to like kind of replace what workflows people wanted, um, and it definitely slowed us up. I think Gator coming out like was was pulled a lot of attention and stuff. But that and that's part of part of cloud. You know, part, we actually announced a student discount too with 2.0. So our student pricing is is really cheap. Like we're we just we've always tried to find a way to like like pricing products are harder than like developing them, right? Yeah. Like how do you how do you price it so that the I was just looking at your website. More, There's no more. correct answer. That's the well. I was like I was that, that's why I was, I was just looking at your website. You have like the, you know the personal and the commercial and like you know I've always wondered like when you have the check boxes and like this is what you get with the one version versus like yeah. how do you really decide that? Is that like how many man hours it took me to put into like, no, you, know, you, no. you don't get, you don't get multi-threading. <laughs> Apparently I don't so, get multi-threading with personal and you're like, so well, maybe right. I want that. Here's, right? here's what like, we, we, we decided on. So what, <laughs> what we tried to do is think, okay, what is the difference between a hobbyist and, or, or student, what are they doing and what is a professional doing? And like, and the, the thought is, well, bigger binaries uh-huh right Kinda like true. a, a professional always. yeah it's, it's not but maybe generally true because hobbyists and you know students are more working on ctf type problems so okay like maybe we could we, we put multi-threading in and originally we also had like um database analysis caching as you know a higher end feature and you know, then we kind of got annoyed lower. with it. We put it in personal one too. We're like, nah, yeah, it's too inconvenient for our users. So much about <laughs> yeah. like, I felt bad for them. I'm like, database oh, load times. And it's like, oh, I have here's the other ones. the other key distinguishing characteristic, right? Uh, the personal edition, feature wise, has everything that Ida does with all the decompilers. Ida is single threaded, so is our personal. Yeah. So it's no worse off essential. Although I will say, from a user perspective, it does feel slower because we're essentially decompiling the entire binary. Like when yeah. we analyze, we're essentially lifting every function. That's just how we do all of our analysis. By de- I mean, you can change that instead of on demand, default. like you know, one yeah, function we, we at deco- a time. That's yeah. how we're we do all of our analysis. Compiling the entire yeah. binary. I would, as a user, I would rather most times have the entire binary done. Yeah. Like like Jeb. Yeah. So I have a Jeb license too, and Jeb does that, right? So Jeb, I'm just jumping around in Jeb. It, it feels like where I have. I, I can go from one method to another and just, it just seems like seamlessly decompiled over yeah. and over again without, you know, me having to like tab, Wait. tab, tab, <laughs> double click. Tab. No, we, so we, we actually go. have like a high level IO linear view, which no other tool has. We have like the decompile view where you can literally just scroll and look at all of the decompilation of every function in like one big. That's, view. that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Like as, as if you dump the entire C file too. Yeah. Yeah. Although to be clear, our high level IL is not C and we actually sure. catch a little bit of flack in this. People are like, I want to see output. And we're like, well, sorry. It's like, we <laughs> want to be like, we, we do things that like you can't show. There's things you can't do in C. Like C is not expressive enough. Like we want, we want to give you the best possible, like high level understanding of what this binary is doing. And C is actually not the best choice for that. 
So yeah, what do you so, just do? Like you just show like Python? What's the? No, we show HLIL, which is our high-level intermediate representation, uh, intermediate language. What does that mean? It looks uh, a lot like C. It's just okay. it, it, it is it, very it, C-like. Yes. It doesn't have semicolons. It it uses a different notation for like casting between sizes, for example. Um, it uses it looks like a Python notation. Like, like yeah. it, it it's just pseudo it's, yeah. a, it's a pseudocode, right? Like, because like, if I you can read C or Python, yeah. then you can read it. Then yeah. you can it, read high level IO. It is, unless you want to recompile. For people who are like, no, 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 I really want to decompile and recompile. We're like, well, sorry, How write a regex to go add that, some. <laughs> I was right. going to say, that sounds some. like a niche, niche. I mean, like some, what are you, what are you looking at? So, I, I, I think that's part of the problem on where Ida went wrong, if yeah. I'm honest. So their like their original thing was data rescue. Like it was supposed to be, oh, you had code, you had source code, and you lost it, and now you want to be able to like recompile it yeah. and add things. And so it was not like, a really tool. weird it was a problems tool. that that they have that are still in the product. If I you know I haven't used it in a little while, but. Um, have you ever tried to name something really large in Ida? And it's like, oh, are you sure you want to name it more than 15 characters? Or you can't. Like, it's <laughs> like, oh, let me click the button that says I want to name it more than 15 characters. And you're like, why is that a feature? Well, Peter, let me tell you that in Ida 7.5, that is still a thing. <laughs> Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and well, I mean, so the reason for that is some assemblers don't allow you to have a name larger than 15 characters. And they want, like, the whole goal in IDA was to, like, reassemble, like, the output. And so, uh, like, if that's one of their stated goals, then, of course, you know, limiting the number of characters is, it's actually a good feature. But who who uses it for reassembly? Everyone uses it for reverse engineering that I know, and so uh, you know we we don't feel like um, you know decisions like that are uh, really great for you know a tool that most people are are reverse engineering with. So yeah, no, we don't provide uh, you know. C for reassembly or uh, recompilation, Compilation. Um, which we will eventually, like we, we will get there. Um, and it's honestly a really easy uh, change. We're, we're kind of half take, waiting for someone else to write a plug take and a month, just do it. <laughs> may, <laughs> maybe a month that, for someone to do that. Um, yeah, to get it really solid, whatever, and well tested. Actually, In a weekend, you could do a I'm workable sorry. thing. They actually, they actually took that feature out in 7.5. I think in like 7.2 or 7.3, I remember very distinctly recently. It had to be 7.3 because I was trying to Where you would still, you could still do it. I'm ticking around yeah. one of my binaries I had open in the background. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't ask me. But still, that's a, that's a good point uh, about how crappy some of that you know, decision making was. And you know, there's, well, there's not crappy, some not crappy, logic behind like, it. Right? No, absolutely. Right, just for a different purpose. I mean, the same right. thing with like, the, the reason that, like, that both the strength and the weakness, that they, they don't use a lot of memory and they can work on really large binaries because they cache it all to disk. Because uh -huh. when they first launched, computers didn't have that much memory. <laughs> like, no, seriously. And then like, no one ever came back and was like, hey, we should fix that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, so they stream everything stuff. to disk. And just so it's slower because it's got to go to disk. But it's like, you know, like works on 
Or, or the great, uh, uh, one of my favorite um, Ida-isms is uh, reading their blog about flirt signatures. And they're <laughs> like, you know, we've got to make these things super tiny because like, if we, you know, if we don't, these signatures could take up hundreds of megabytes of, of disk Ooh. space. Oh. It's, a of, <laughs> it's like, a lot of MBs. Uh, whoa. A lot of GBs. Okay, like we, we don't really care about hundreds of megabytes. I'm sure if I told someone like, yeah, it's going to take 10 gigabytes, but we're going to have like function signatures for <laughs> all of like every version of Linux, they'd be like, I don't care. Like put it on care. my machine, please. I don't care. I want the iPhone 5. Right. Yeah. All the GBs. All the GBs. It prints money. I mean, I, I had, it was, I mean, it's not really a segue, but it was like, it kind of circles back to like sort of the first question that we kind of like, we've kind of, I think. What are you drinking? Probably answered. <laughs> yeah, what are you drinking? Maybe the third question is like. I'm out. And you, well, yeah, and you both, so like, in, in a short, and you know, given, you know, we're at a nice little length, but I think it's a great length because we have both of you here on here and stuff like that. But like, I think I sort of asked it and we probably answered it, but like in, in the Cliff Notes version, like why did you guys start the company? Why did you jump in and like want to be like, make your own tool? I saw Gidra. To, to build this tool, to build this tool. Yeah. Like, it, like we, was, the, 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 the tagline like, is. Cause you guys, obviously you saw gaps. Like, Cause like how I write yeah. stuff and do stuff, like yeah. you see gaps, you're like, I want to produce a report that fills those gaps. Right. Like I'm yep. guessing that's the same sort of thought process and the same that you guys are going through. Yeah, the yeah, tagline really. for Binary Ninja is a reverse engineering platform, right? Like we wanted to build a thing that you could do all your reverse engineering on top of that would that would do things that no other reverse engineering. We were, we were super frustrated using IDA. Like that's like... That's a fair statement. Too. It's, it's, I still like, am every day. But, but, so, but it was and that's why like... There, right? Yeah. Right, you're right. I mean, at this point in time and like, but you know, with... I don't think, you know, in, in all fairness, I don't think I've given you all a fair shot, you know, especially since I like, I like to do a little bit of things in Python too and automate stuff. Like I'm not like a pro, you're, I'm a developer by ninja. trade. You're right? going to love but, Ninja. Yeah. You know, but that, like, that's where we really show off. Like we are air Python documentation, little Python snippet console built in. Man, I, I just is like, the worst. I hate going to their website and trying to find The fact that it broke like it. since seven, five or whatever, like it broke all our it stuff like, internally. I think it was like seven, two, seven, two. And like, I just got so frustrated with it. Like I barely used it like to do stuff. Like even I've a couple even, of years even ago, gone to Ghidra to do certain things. So I'm like, yeah. I don't mm -hmm. like, I just like, we can't even do anything. We had like this, like I said, we have this internal <laughs> database for collaboration. And it was so great. Like Dave and I finally took everybody else's, all the reverse engineers left over the years, pull stuff in and we were pulling from it. And as soon as that new version came out, because I used the Mac version and he uses the window version, it just broke across the board because they changed their IDA or so they changed their Python. And it's like, I'm like, he fixed was, his, but I'm like, it's not the same fix for mine. It was like worthless side. changes too. Like where they went from like camel case to like, you have to it's, instead of being like on create with a capital C, it's it's a capital O on on create. You know, also and, and then like all that shit's broken. What? Like, and, and ridiculous like abbreviations right? and, and, and uh -huh. someone that's not yeah. like yeah. a. Sometimes there were abbreviations. Sometimes it's spelled out, and you're just like, well, yeah. then they flipped it, and and now they're trying to standardize it, and now I have to go fix all my broken shit. Yeah, and that's the problem is like not an everyday reverser. Like I'm a I'm a I'm like a hobbyist reverser. I think it's the way you even though I do it sort of for a day job. Like you know, Dave is way better than I am, and I you know. I would give myself a five out of 10 in reverse engineering, but like, 
I want something to work when I want it to work. Like, I don't want it to jump through all these goddamn hoops to, like, do something. <laughs> it frustrates the fuck out of me, and I'm like, well, fuck it. Hey, David, can you look at this real quick? Because I know you can do it, like, a lot quicker, and all your shit's working, right? Like, and it's just yeah. like, all right. Well, and he's like, oh, yeah, I got it. And boom, 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 he's done. And, like, you know, move on. And it's just like, but then I'm lacking, like, that skill set I want to build for myself, right, because I have this frustration with the tool that I'm using, right? It's the same thing with doing, like, you know, I've been doing stuff for Geek Week this week and, like, getting some open source fucking honeypot to work and, like, the documentation was all wrong. And it took me, like, three days to figure out their own documentation because it's not supported. Like, the open source shit is not, yep. like, and I knew yep. that going in, but you're still like, God damn it. Like, why yep. do you even have it up? Just pull it down and put depreciated on top of it. I don't know, you know, like, so that people know you don't give a shit about it anymore. And that's I really fine. like the GitHub has that archive button. Like, you can be like, like clearly indicate, like, look, we're done with this thing. You can use yeah. it if you want, but buyer beware, right? Like, you get what right. you pay for. And I know when you look at it and you're like, last touch, like three years, like, oh, okay, I get it. But still, you're like, ah, it should work theoretically, you know, like. Yeah, I, I think you'll really like our, our Python console. Like I, that's the like the best experience with Vindra is like you're using the user interface, you're doing little little quick snippets, a couple little for loops, or writing stuff in the in the console to like script up kind of like doesn't have to be a big plugin, right? Like just some sort of little bit of functionality because our our Python API is really usable and clean and useful, and you got like you know completion in the console and good mm -hmm. API docs built in. You can call help on any of the functions and actually get examples and I uh, like like it it's so even like years ago like two or three years ago before we had the decompiler we still had just features that like a lot of people were lacking their day-to-day -day reversing tool may have been, still been ida but they were starting to write all their plugins in Vinja. they were starting to write like automated analysis because they they saw like oh this is going to be much you know, this works much much better uh and so now i'm really excited because i feel like with high level il out with the change that like you know we can we can do both we can be both the tool that you build your automation on and we can have like this really nice UI, really good analysis, get all the workflows. And I, you know, now like the list of features that we're looking at are like kind of like nitpicky, like, oh man, I really want to get this feature, this feature, but like it's a it's a much smaller list than we had, you know, five years ago. So it's a, it's a fun place to be. I mean, that's great. I mean, I think this is actually a solid, great stopping point. I really appreciate your guys' time. And you know, we can talk for hours. I'm 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 interested, but I, I know you guys have kids and and Jordan missed the whole meme bills. talk in the beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so I, I'm gonna put you. I'm gonna tag everything in the the Twitter stuff. I can. I'm fair to put your guys' last name in. Uh, Anything like, you want to plug yeah, on the way out? Yeah, I'm gonna plug on the way out. I have something I want to throw in for our listeners, but I want you guys to plug first. So. Go play CTFs. Check out Binary Ninja. Cl cloud, cloud Binary Ninja. Like, that's the cool, right? You, could, you can see our decompilation on any binary you got sitting around. Just toss it up in a cloud. I'm going to use that tomorrow. I have, some, yeah. uh, I have some 64 bits. Cloud binary dot ninja. There, there's oh. some UI stuff that the native client has. I mean, there's some features that it doesn't have. But generally speaking, like, it's just, it's an awesome resource. It is not you don't have a, to install the JDK to get it working, yeah. right? Like, it's not a representation you. of what the desktop application is. The analysis is, but the UI experience is not. So... Gotcha. The UI for the desktop just is much, much more fully oh, yeah, full yeah, featured yeah. and whatever. So. All right. But like for students especially, yeah. like it's fantastic. You can toss up binaries. And again, you get full decompilation. And yeah. So my class starts uh, February 1st. I will be in touch before that to, to see what we can uh, do for sleep. Please. Yeah. The, and the, then, our, the, our student the, discount is 75% actually. So any student PPP can get any of our licenses for, for 75% off the list awesome. price. Awesome. 
Well, I'll I let the that. students f- figure that route. But like, as a Moscow <laughs> Manuals and Nopsalize listener, like if you if you get this far in this podcast, which I hope you truly do, and you're a hobbyist reverse engineer, we will buy a license. I'll work with Jordan and Peter uh, to get you a your own personal license for Binary Ninja. Uh, we'll sponsor that fee and, and and get that out to you. I think that's just I don't know trying to get more listeners. Nice little thank you all the way. Yeah, in let's here. do that. Yeah, I think I, this I, is I just, tell you what too. Anybody who like mentions this in the in the purchase in like the next week or two, uh, we'll throw in like a t-shirt uh, from, as well. Go. So we've got like There's the minor swag. swag. So oh, we have we have. Yeah. I love swag. Don't get me started. After I, we I think voting, I the best man. Trust I, me. I have, I have my bag of stickers. <laughs> I'm like, pretty no. sure I have like two or three like binary ninja stickers yeah. in there somewhere. I have given away thousands. Not I mean, I'll lot. take some. I mean, I'm, I'm always down. You, to you sold me and but I mean, we'll send you and also, and also the same Easter egg I put in the last well, the one episode that I'll be dropping tomorrow. But tomorrow it doesn't mean anything to this podcast. It'll be dropping <laughs> next week. We'll be giving anybody that listens this far too. It's not the same person. I'm not gonna give the same gift to the same people. But we'll. We're going to get to you guys as well. We're getting glasses made. Uh, we're working with a designer to get Moscow Mule's Nop Guide, like our logo, tagged on a nice little, you know, beer stein, not beer stein, but like a nice little Nordic 17-ounce nice. glass. So we'll be sent to you as a thank you. But as the listeners, too, if you get this far in, I hope you get this far in because you'll have some great gifts along the way. We'll send you a glass as well. You want a code word for this time? Yeah, bi- Binary Ninja, yeah. Binary Ninja. I think that's yeah, good. code word. Love that's it. a good code word. Um, so yeah, DM me on Twitter or David as well, or both of us, whatever. And I'm not gonna give you your Twitter handles because you gotta be watching on Twitter to figure it out. Figure it out, yeah. You know, do your own. (laughs) Figure it out. I'm gonna guess the Twitter handle. (laughs) Moscow Mules and Nopsalize Twitter handle is really long, but I'm trying. I'll probably do something else the same like that. I, I don't know. I, thank you again, Jordan and Peter. I really appreciate it. It's very great. Thanks. I had a great time thank talking you. to y'all. Uh, yeah. I hope we get to do this again in person or, you know, just virtually again someday. This was, this was a great chat. Absolutely. I'm going to hit stop on here. Obviously, don't go away uh, unless you want to. But, uh, yeah. Nah, I'm not going uh, anywhere. As we like I would, to say, I'll keep talking as long as y'all want to. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go back as to we, my kids. As we like to uh, say as we end the uh, podcast, uh, stay thirsty, everyone. Cheers. 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 Cheers.